breaking through barriers. This morning, I focused on what it means to pray through. Tonight, I'd like to identify what barriers have to be broken in order to pray through and give an example of someone who did just that. Praying through means to pray until we get through to God. But as I said this morning, our enemy is out there to sabotage our efforts. So we need to commit to pressing through every spiritual barrier until we achieve our prayer objective. Now, if you can see my diagram, you'll note that I have the three parts of our human makeup labeled body, spirit, and soul. And in each one, I have a couple highlights or points that characterize each segment. In order to pray through, we need to make contact with God. But the question I have for you is, where does God live? The truth is, he's not in heaven, as in somewhere a million miles away, but he is in you if you are converted. When the Lord Jesus prayed, he was directing his prayers to his divine father that lived within him. Remember the scripture, he said that I do, it is not I that doeth the works, but the father, he does the works. And he showed how his father lived within him. So must we. So first, we need to punch through the barriers of flesh. That's the part that is too tired to pray or can't find the time to pray or maybe gets distracted while you're trying to pray, thinking about the laundry or the other things that need to be done. This is the part that gets shy when you're praying among other people and tries to keep you quiet instead of giving vent and turning loose to God in prayer. This barrier must be broken. If not, you simply won't get through to God. You will say amen and close your prayer and life will go on as it has always been. Think of this as the first veil in the biblical temple. You had to go through that first entry point to get to the holiest of holies in the third court. So you had to start at the first and then keep working your way forward until you got to the holiest of holies where God lived in the throne above the cherubim. Then we get to the second barrier. Okay, so now you're no longer self-conscious. You're no longer thinking about how hard the floor is or how loud the crickets are or how sick you might be feeling if you're fasting. Now we're in the area of the spirit. Maybe here you feel happy. Maybe you feel like shouting. Or perhaps Satan is targeting your mind and trying to get you to doubt that God will hear your prayer. Whatever the case, this second level will also stop your prayers if this is as far as you go. Remember, our objective is to touch God, not just to feel good. We don't just want an internal jubilee, we want results. Like Jacob, remember, he went through the first fail and the second fail, and he kept on going until he achieved his objective. Now, this is where many believers get tripped up, especially as we do not see the struggle that we're engaged in when we pray. Many believers think that because they feel blessed, it means they've touched God. Well, the holy place in the second court of the biblical temple was a wonderful area. It had a lot of God's blessings, but it still wasn't where God lived. And for the high priest, he could not stop in that second barrier if he really wanted to get through to God and make intercession for Israel. If he really wanted to have the tomining blood be applied to the people, he could not stop at that second court. Yes, he could turn around and say, here we have the candlesticks, here we have all these blessings. He could say that this is wonderful, like many believers do when they start to pray and they finally break through a little bit before God, they may feel that this is a great place to be. And then we stop and say, amen. But my question is, have we achieved victory? Remember, when you hit the presence of God and when you thoroughly achieve victory, then everything changes. You know that the victory is won. Esau may still be staring you in the face, but you know that you have power over him. Goliath may there still be challenging you and boasting, but now you are like David, not like the Israelites. You know that you have the victory. 
So it's very important to remember that we, if we get to the second part here in our prayer life and we stop here, well, then we've just defeated. We haven't gone far enough. We've stopped in our objective. So remember that we must keep going forward. I'm sure you can see the parallel with the sanctification and even the Pentecostal movements. Certainly God was moving in that great stage, but there was still farther, more that had to be unleashed in order to touch heaven. Now let's talk about this third barrier. Now we get to the heart of the matter. We've prayed through the senses and the distractions of our flesh. We've kept on praying through our emotions and now we're deep in prayer. Now we are getting ready to enter the presence of the king. Remember, it doesn't go by how you feel at this point or by how you don't feel. Making contact with God is less about emotion and more about certainty. It's about finding your positioning, understanding what it means to be able to approach him because you're family thanks to the blood of Christ. Yes, there is emotion, but there's more than that. Yes, there might be reverent fear, but that's not all. You see, here in the soul is the throne room of God. When you're converted, he takes up the kingship in your soul and is ready to give you an audience if you'll press through all the barriers. Here is where you come to the place of faith. This is why prayer is really a sort of traveling. It's called soul travel. I know we call it soul travail, but it's also like soul travel. It's a spiritual journey from where you are to the very heart of the presence of God. And this journey is taken without you needing to move one physical step. In the throne room, you can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to you, reassuring you of his plan. Here, he provides guidance. Here, he rebukes. Here, he encourages. Here, he chastises. Whatever is needed for your situation to be resolved, it is here that he directs you to his word and speaks to you and tells you what you need to do. Again, whatever is needed for your situation to be resolved is found in the throne room. You all probably recall the testimony of the insane woman that Brother Branham prayed for. He, refer, he references her story several times in the message from that time. Immorality, alcoholic addiction, and self-degradation had brought her to the point that she was declared mentally insane. But although church groups had prayed for her and organizations had tried to help her, and Brother Branham also prayed for her, we find that she was still unable to overcome the situation. She prayed, but had never gotten past the first or second barriers. If you recall, at one point, she looked up at him and said, after prayer, and said, things are going to be different now. And he replied, no, they won't. Stop and think. Why would a preacher tell a sincere young woman that she would continue to sin? It's because he knew that although she was sincere, she hadn't really touched God yet. Perhaps she had cried. Perhaps her emotions were stirred. But she hadn't come into the throne room, the place where her faith could be ignited by the fire of God. So he told her the right thing. He told her to keep on praying, and then he left her alone for a while. He noted that there came a point where she, quote, began to change the notes in her prayer. In other words, she struck home run, end quote. What was it? She had broken through the barriers and come into the throne. Praying through changed that girl's life. Praying through will change your life. We have to go through the flesh. We have to press through the spirit. We have to go deep into the place of the soul where choice through faith allows us to turn in, where we choose to go into the presence of God and approach the throne through faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. And there, in that place, is where we find what is necessary. There, in that place, is where we pray through until we find that our situation is indeed over. 
This week, brothers and sisters, I'd encourage you to go back to the book of Hebrews chapter 10, where Paul speaks extensively of how we have the blessing and the opportunity to come into the presence of God. If the Lord grants, I'd like to talk to you later this week about what it means to climb into the holiest of holies. But I'd like you to really dedicate this time in your prayer and in your prayer life to sit down and re- have an internal prayer revival as you in your own self apply this and go through everything on the outside, everything on the inside, down to the place where you contact God. God bless you.